I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. On this episode, Jen reached out. She has a pretty horrifying, spooky story about living in a haunted house. We've been on a bit of a run here the past couple weeks with great haunted house stories. I guess great, depending on if you're listening or living in these situations. Jen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. So, Jen, what we like to find out at the beginning of the episodes is kind of where our guests fall on what we call the believometer. Zero meaning they do not believe in ghosts, and ten ghosts are absolutely real. Where do you kind of fall on that scale? Um, I would have to go with ten now. I used to be kind of like on a one and two, but after living that house, I'm one hundred percent ten believer. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting how that happens right so used to be fairly skeptical is the origin of your relationship with the supernatural does it begin with that haunted home well when I was growing up when I was a kid we used to play in cemeteries and stuff and we saw some things there but it was always like you can just push it aside and think it's something else up until I lived in that house and experienced what I had to experience it's uh I don't uh I don't wish that upon nobody one thing we'll get to just kind of a tease for the audience you shared a a picture um on your tiktok that you told me about when you messaged about your story can't wait to for us to talk about that and then share that with the audience that's a truly um a, a fairly horrifying picture but before we get to that why don't you kind of walk me through the origin of of you guys buying this home and and just how everything started out for you it started out, we lived in the city and me and my husband, 
we were looking for a better educational program for the kids to get into and a better school. So we began looking around and everything. And during that time we looked around, we just couldn't afford the houses that were in the county that I wanted to originally move to. So it pushed us out even further and further. And we came across this house and it was brand new remodeled, brand new. I mean, it had new painting, new floors, everything. It looked so gorgeous and it was in our price range. Actually, it was below what we thought it would be because uh, with him being in the military, they we got approved a $120,000 loan. Mm -hmm. And this house, three bedroom, two full baths, was only seventy two five hundred, and for it to be all this brand new remodeled stuff, I didn't understand why it was so cheap. When we went and looked at the property, you instantly feel this heaviness on you, like something's watching you. It's a freaky, undescribable feeling. You just get it, and I didn't think that much of it because I thought maybe it was just you know, moving out of the city, moving to somebody where I didn't know. So I kind of brushed it off and I thought it was just me feeling that way. And when we moved into the house, we did meet the neighbors and they're the ones that told us about the whole neighborhood and everything, you know, all the, like the back history. And I'll get to that later, what we found out from the realtor. We end up getting the house. And when we got the house, we asked the guy, why are you selling it so cheap? He kind of brushed it off saying the housing market and stuff. And he's just trying to sell the house, which the housing time, the housing market was like really, really good at the time. And I don't know about selling homes or whatever. So I just went along with it and got the house. What year was that? It was back in 2015 when we got the house. Okay. So you guys, you get the home, you're a little suspect of the price, but then again, it's like, what do they say? You never look a gift horse in the mouth. I don't even really know what that means, but you know, it, it seems like such a great deal. So you move in and you've got this heavy weight kind of following you around in the home. How long does it take you once you move in to when you really start questioning things? The first incident happened was two months of living there we were going okay. back and forth getting finished and getting our stuff and everything and it i can actually remember this night because it was a friday because we had to pick up my stepson and i asked my husband i said where are the keys and where we hang them up is in the living room there was a place where you can hang the keys up you know those little hooks they mm -hmm. got on the whatever it was by the door it was it was the a key holder and a jacket holder, just a small things and stuff that we screwed up and I couldn't find the keys. I, we were looking for, I had to feel like hours we were looking, but it's probably like 30, 40 minutes. And uh, I go into the other room because I heard mom being called and I thought it was my kid calling me saying they found the keys. But when I went into my daughter's room, there was nobody there and I started searching around and around and I still couldn't find them. And I told him, I said, you might have to get uh, my stepson's mom to come out here and drop your son off because 
I can't find these dang on keys. And I was like, you know what? Just let me look in the kitchen. And I looked in the kitchen, nothing. So I just started moving couches and stuff. And I heard the mom voice come into my daughter's room again. And I go in there and my daughter's not in the room. She's outside playing and their window is in the front and the sun was shining and stuff. And I kind of glanced down at the floor and I saw something shiny. You know how like silver and stuff has a reflection when the sun hits mm -hmm. it. The keys were underneath the bed and mm -hmm. my daughter did not move the keys underneath the bed because she was outside and I don't know who was calling the mom, but I was like, wow, this it, is, this is weird. And so that voice that was calling mom, that was in the room where the keys were under the bed. Yes. Almost like yes. it was trying to direct you to the keys. Like maybe some, some mischievous spirit had put it there. Is that kind of what you were thinking? Yeah, I think so. And I tried to come up with an explanation. I tried to think in my mind, you know, maybe, maybe it was my kid outside calling mom and the walls are thin and I can hear and, and stuff. But no, when I went outside, she was up the, like, we lived in a dead end street and she was just playing across the street. What happened from there where it really started to uh, escalate for you? Well, uh, the heaviness never, the feeling of being constantly watched and the temperature dropping in the house where you'll go into one room, it's really hot and walk out and it's super, super cold. And the way the, the way that was, there's just no way that it should have been cold that way. Cold like that, different temperatures. It's just, it was, it was bad. Like, one minute like it gets really ice cold in the house and you're turning up your heat and then all of a sudden it would go away and then you're hot and then your house would be super hot and then the emotions started coming with it like my husband and I we never argued like bad we just had like kind of okay we'll hang your shirt up or something like that kind of arguments a little bit but it never mm -hmm. escalated into yelling until we got in that house and it got worse and worse. And it wasn't just us. It was people around us that they would move in and then they'd be a lovely couple. And then a few months later, they'll be at each other's necks fighting all kinds of stuff. It, it was bad. It wasn't just happening our house because we've seen people in that neighborhood come in, lovely couple, move out. They always move out and all the time. And that's what kind of got me digging more into the the um, house's history and everything. But is that is that when you notice? Because I found this super interesting. And if I'm jumping ahead, let me know. But is that when you notice the two Jesus ladies talking to themselves in the neighborhood? Yes. Uh, yeah, I call them the Jesus ladies. I know I'm not trying to disrespect anybody's religion and stuff, and I hope people don't take this the wrong way. But one day. I was walking down the street a little bit to walk my dog. And uh, since we lived on a dead end street, uh, they lived at the dead end street. They kind of lived across from each other. It's like, there goes my house. And then two doors down, there was uh, one lady's house. And then across the street, uh, she was at the very, very end. So, but I was walking one day and the lady 
was just talking to herself. Like I thought, like, hold on, maybe she's talking to somebody. And I said hi to her, but she turned around and just kept just jabbering on some like crazy stuff. And I'm up here like concerned. I don't know if she's going to have a mental breakdown or something at this point. But um, I asked her, I said, are you okay? You need somebody to talk to? You talk to? And she said she was talking to Jesus and stuff. And I was like, okay. Well, the next day I went down there and she done pasted all these religious stuff on her window. I'm talking about Jesus pictures pasted on there, glued on there, all kinds of stuff that you would, you would probably see in a movie or something. And I was like, I don't know, because as long as we lived there, she didn't, she wasn't going off pasting stuff on her windows like that. And the other lady, uh, the other Jesus lady started talking to herself, started talking to God and everything. And she, it was just something off down there. You, you know, it's nobody, a, a person, a, a sane person's not going to take and paste religious stuff all over their windows and yeah, go that, out and paste. That feels like straight out of a horror movie. It, it was like a horror movie. If you ever seen the poltergeist or something, it was like, living in a horror movie in that neighborhood and in that house it was so bad that uh one of the um um cop, what do you call them the sheriff or whatever mm -hmm. uh, they came over and was looking for a kid because he uh he did some bad things and they were just searching the neighborhood and they happened to come by our house and they asked hey did you see this kid the kid's name i ain't gonna blurred out his name on here but um we said no and the cop said this is out of all the out of all the streets i go to y'all street is the main one that has problems and i don't understand hmm. and i i knew right away i was like yeah i mean I, i've seen cops come over all the time and these and this is not typically happening you know, to nice people. I mean, you would think when they move in, they're a loving couple. They're a nice couple. They're not going to get the cops caught on them. But every person that moved in and moved out, they all started off like a nice couple and they ended up fighting and moving out and getting the cops caught on them before they moved out and everything. And wow. me and my husband, I noticed that with us, we started getting in verbal arguments to the point where it almost got physical between us. And that's nothing. I mean, I would never get physical with my husband and he wouldn't get physical with me. And it got to the point where it's so bad. Me and my husband actually took a break. I moved out for a year, but I still, I moved up uh, in the other town next to mine. Um, and it was only four miles away. It was close enough to where I can still check on him and everything. And when I moved out, everything changed. Like I felt like the weight's been lifted off me. It's a lot clearer. I can breathe and my mind's being clear. And as soon as he said, okay, you know, come back, we can work things out. And I go in, it's that same negative feeling. Like you just want to tense up and hit something. Hmm. And and from there, based on what you sent over to me, it seems like the poltergeist activity really started to ramp up. Yes, uh, it did. And I, I made a diaper cake uh, for 
my sister, my sister-in-law and the girls were getting ready uh, in the morning as usual, go to school. And uh, I placed the diaper cake on this little table we had. And uh, next thing I know, my two, two daughters come running in and freaking out. Just I like, well, what's going on? And they said that they were getting ready and they were finished up watching their TV show when that diaper lifted up all the way off that diaper cake and flung across the room. And I was like, there's no way it could have lifted up be by itself because the way I make them, the, uh, they're all, the diapers are all neatly, tightly snug in there. And it had the, um, ribbon already tied on there and I made sure before even um I always make sure to check the diaper cakes make sure nothing's loose on there so uh that happened and then uh mom we kept hearing mom and mom it wouldn't mimic I call my daughters also call it the mimic in the house because hmm. not only would it call mom but it would mimic their voices it would mimic your voice and um I just gotten used to that I was like you know what just ignore it because nobody be home and it will sound like my daughter it sound like my husband my kids were hearing it my husband was hearing it then it escalated on to worse. And I, I don't think it can get any worse from this point with everything going on, but it does. It does get worse. I'm telling you, it, it gets way worse. Uh, this episode of the Real Hauntings Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey everyone, it's Noah Daniels and I'm here to talk to you again about Wild Grain. Our last shipment of Wild Grain was so good that my four-year-old cannot stop asking for more of that awesome bread with dinner. And I'm not going to lie, I'm right there with him. And honestly, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh bread baked coming from the oven. What if I told you that you too could get that delicious experience of homemade bread with none of the time and work involved? Well, you can by ordering from Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. And you can now fully customize your wild grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. 
R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. I was sitting in the living room waiting for my stepdaughter to come home. And she usually leaves the light on before she goes. When she's living, she usually left the light on in the bedroom and closed the door. And when I looked down in the door, it looked like something was pacing back and forth. Like, um, if you ever see, like, underneath the door, the crack underneath the door, you could tell if somebody's walking back and forth by their shadow. Yeah. That's what it was like. It would pace back and forth. And when you go to the door, it would stop, stand there. You could tell it was standing there. And then it would go away, and you open the door, and there's nothing there. And I started calling it just the pacer. That that one just that one just mainly paced back and forth. Then after it did that, I told my stepdaughter, don't worry about it. Whatever's in your room, it's it's not gonna hurt you. You know, it just likes pacing back and forth. Then it got worse after that. When it started taking on your own shape in the air. That's what's scary because um well me and my husband we had the back bedroom and we were laying there and I had to get up and go to the bathroom. I get up and go to the bathroom. My husband sleeps with a CPAP mask. So it takes some time to get up and unhook things. I get up and go to the bathroom and I look over at his desk. I could see the whole outline of him, but I can never see his face. I never saw his face. I said, I'm going to the bathroom. I get up, come after I get out of the bathroom, go in the bedroom, nothing. It, it was, I was looking around because I was going to say, hey, you know, what are you watching on TV? Do you want to watch a movie? He's laying in bed asleep with his mask on. So whatever was in that chair was not my husband. And my kids seen it too. And my husband seen it too. He said, when well, me and my daughter were packing up moving stuff out of her room to move to the place we are now. He was having a conversation. He said, y'all didn't turn around. I could see y'all. I could see the background of y'all. He said, y'all wasn't just in the kitchen? I said, no, we've been in here the whole time and packing up stuff. What are you yeah. talking about? And so he creepy. said, I just seen you in the kitchen. And I was sitting there arguing with them because it wasn't me in the kitchen and it wasn't my daughter. Hmm. And so would it be almost like a, a shadow figure outline of you guys or would it be like in full color? It was in full color, full apparition. Oh, wow. And each time you see it you can never see the face it never it, you it was always the back you would always like if you're going if you're walking into your house and uh when you get in your house and somebody's just staying there it looked like that but it looked like somebody would always be facing away from you like you just see the back of yourself all did, the time did you ever get to the point where you were so frustrated you would try to just chase it down or was it always so short-lived that by the time you kind of mentally process it, it was gone? Well, after uh, it got to the point where I was sitting in the living room and my husband was in our bedroom and I always would kind of like talk to it because I've got i noticed that if I just gave it attention a little bit, it wouldn't do so much. You know, it wouldn't be calling out my mom all the dang on times. And I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to put on judge Judy and go to the store. I'll be back. That remote 
when I set that remote down, I saw the remote lift up and fling across the dang on room. And it's like, well, I guess he doesn't like Judge Judy. He or she oh does God. not like Judge Judy. And it got it just got tiring because when when it got when it started acting out and stuff, your energy will just drain. You get headaches, you get tired. And it was just mentally draining. You knew when something was going to happen. It's just like, here we go again. And it did not stop. It got worse and worse. When me and my daughter were packing up our bedroom, I had this little kid's nail dryer that you put your nails in and it dries out your nails. That thing lifted up and flung across the room. Her uh, tooth, the uh, water line, pick line stuff you get that rinse out your teeth and everything. It's like a dental floss, but it's high pressure water. That thing moved on its own and hit the wall. And I was like, that's it. We're getting out of here. We're getting out of here. I mean, we had to physically move. And it wasn't just us that moved. We saw a bunch of neighbors moving out. And the one neighbor that we were close to she lived in um a servant's house because up the street there was a farmhouse and her house was a servant's house and she she uh I, her husband passed away and she said i can't afford to live here i'm moving but not only that there's things happening in my house i'm getting the curtain wrapped around me the blood that's coming uh when they first got the house there was a, a blood stain on the wall and this and on the ceiling and on the floor, it was starting to come through after they remodeled it. They oh thought gosh. they got rid of it. But she said, whatever's in this house, I, uh, whatever's in my house, I'm just letting y'all know if anything's crazy going on at your house, don't think I'm crazy. After she told me what happened, and I was like, no, I don't think you're crazy. And she said, there's something bad at your house. And I said, what? And this is after she told me what happened to her house. I didn't tell her anything that was going on. And she said, I don't like stepping on your property. I feel heavy. I feel negative. I don't want to be here. There's some kind of negative energy over here. I do not want nothing to do with your house. I don't want to come in. I just want to let you know what was going on in my house. And she said, I'm pretty sure if it's happening over here, it's happening over at your house. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Because when you get a haunting, when, when you have a haunted house and you got these non-believers and believers, it's kind of like you're stuck in the middle because you don't want to go out there and tell your story because you don't want to be labeled as crazy. You know, that's a lot of activity and you're seeing a lot go on around you and you're kind of seeing your neighborhood change in real time or you're just kind of learning like these other people might be experiencing something similar. So as all this stuff starts to kind of boil to a point, were you able to get some answers as to why these hauntings were taking place? Yes. I've always asked my, we would joke about this. Me and my husband joke. I said, you know, watch there be like a cemetery on this road. And he's like, you never know. And well, we went to the realtor up in the next town over was the closest one. And he knew the county's historian. And I asked him, I said, I'm just curious, was there a cemetery or is there a cemetery on our block? And he said, matter of fact, there was a cemetery. And 
the cemetery that was on our block was there was the main cemetery and then there was a family cemetery. He turned around and said the main cemetery, it was moved. Before they started building on that street, they moved the cemetery. And I found out with our house, there was two graves on, at our house. And the reason why in our plot, our lot of land, our yard was the only one that didn't have a house built on it. They had to move a manufactured home on our prop on the property. We lived in a manufactured home and I asked why, why wasn't there a house on our property? And he said, because the, where the servant's house was, they owned that land over there. And after those people moved and stuff and the house got sold, they end up splitting that land in half. Hmm. So they were in, the person who bought the house, our house, uh, end up taking the tombstones and moving them, but not moving the bodies. I mean, these bodies were from the 1700s. There's two of them. And I found that from my neighbor because he, the neighbor across the street, he lived on that block for a long time. And he said that he saw them moving the tombstones, but he never saw them move the graves, dig it up. And they end up moving a manufactured home on that property. And in that house, uh, also, they didn't, the people that we bought it from, they didn't disclose that something bad happened to a four-year-old there. And the wife found out about it and did not like what he done to the four-year-old. And they destroyed the house and they tried to, to catch the whole house on fire they end up running that guy out of oh the neighborhood and everything but uh that's why they they went in and remodeled all the stuff that's why mm. it was newly remodeled but this house it's selling for over 165,000 now and we only got that house for 72,500 mm. when it, it it was basically a still it really was so you you mentioned um, something happening to a child. I know when you messaged over, is that the stabbing you were talking about? No, that it, oh, I forgot to tell you. I mentioned that uh, over at my neighbor's house, there was family that lived there. One night they were having a party, and one of the guys got stabbed really bad. She didn't tell me if he made it or not. The four year old incident happened at our house. Hmm. I mean, the little girl is alive and everything. What he did to that little girl inside the house was just horrible, what he did. And I don't know if it's leftover energy from that or it, on top of that or if it's something else. But living in that house, you got crazy thoughts and you always felt like you're going to do something like you didn't want to do. Like you were just always on edge all the time. And ever since I moved out of that house... I don't have those negative thoughts. Well, we teased it earlier uh, in the when we started the podcast that you have this picture. And in that yeah. picture, it kind of gets credence to a lot of the stuff that you've talked about in this episode. And uh, we'll share that picture, you know, when, when we share the episode. Can you tell us about that picture? I was about to take my two daughters and my stepson to the park and getting kids pictures it's very hard to get them all in one picture 
and I was snapping pictures outside, just trying to get them put together. And finally, I said, can y'all turn around and let me take a picture of you? You all just, just one time, y'all don't have to stand by, by each other. And I took a few pictures. And when we got back, I gave my daughter my phone because she likes looking at the pictures I take to see which ones I should post on Facebook and stuff and everything. And all of a sudden, she got scared. And I said, what are you scared of? And she said, there's a kid in the picture. I said, of course, there's a kid in the picture. Your sister was with you and your stepbrother was with you. And she said, no, mom, there's another creepy kid here. And it's freaking me out. And I said, what are you talking about? And she showed me the picture and I zoomed in and lo and behold, I saw it, what she was seeing. And I don't, it's creepy. It's a different color. It has black eyes. And I can't even look at that picture without getting bad vibes. When we went to the park, it was only me and my two girls and my stepson that was going to the park. Whatever's behind my stepson, that wasn't there. That mm. was not there at all. I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's a poltergeist. I don't know if it's demonic. I don't know if it's a ghost, but behind him, it doesn't, you can't even see the legs or anything. You could see the head popping out. Yeah. Well, whatever it is, it's clear as day. I, there are a few, only one, I've done over 300 of these episodes. And I would say maybe there's only been two or three times where people have presented, you know, a, a picture like this. And you're right. When you look at it, it gives you kind of that bad feeling in your stomach. Like it's, it's yeah. really creepy. Well, I am so happy that you are out of that house. That sounds yeah. like a nightmare. Um, sorry you had to experience that. I mean, it, it really ramped up almost like whatever was in that house wanted you guys to be out of that house and almost like whatever's in that neighborhood wants everybody to be out of that neighborhood. You know, maybe it's the, the graveyard situation. I don't know. That just seems like yeah. there's a lot of trauma that has taken place in that, you know, small area. I mean, that house yeah. that we had, it was so bad. Nobody wanted to spend a night. I couldn't get anybody to come over. It got sometimes got to the point where the kids were sleeping in our room and I've been to so many haunted places and my husband's like, well, did you bring something back? I'm like, no, <laughs> I said, I've been to haunted places since then. Whatever is at that house or on that land was there when we moved in and it's going to continue being there until something's done about it. Until somebody brings a priest or whatever they believe in. Cause I tried sage in the house. It did not work. It didn't work at all. And something needs to be done in that neighborhood. It, it does in, in the house. Well, that's certainly a lot to think about. I appreciate you sharing that story with us. As we kind of wrap up, is there anything else you want to add or share with the podcast? All I want to share is I'm not trying to get famous or anything. That ghosts are real. Like they are real to the non-believers. They're going to keep... They're going to keep making up excuses until something happens to them. And I can only pray to God that the stuff that happened to me doesn't happen to them. So with that, I'm Noah Daniels. And I'm Jen. Woo!
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.